welcome to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in New York City is my wife, Sarah. Hello. You know, they say when you go to holidays and you go to Thanksgiving specifically, mm -hmm. don't talk about two things, faith and politics. <laughs> and so since uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, yeah, we're just gonna talk about both. We're just gonna dive in head first. <laughs> <laughs> but before we uh, jump into the conversation, just wanna thank you guys for listening to Deeply Curious and also let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Deeply Curious merchandise, mm. which you can get by going to shop.deeplycurious.fm. That link is also in the show notes. Yes. But again, if you go to shop.deeplycurious.fm, you can find yourself a Deeply Curious mug, a t-shirt, a different t-shirt, another color of a different t-shirt. <laughs> so if you want a mug or a t-shirt with Deeply Curious on it, you can get that at shop.deeplycurious.fm. Represent mm -hmm. us, you. Yeah. You know, if you're listening regularly, I'm assuming that is because... You find yourself, you see yourself yeah. in what you're listening to, or maybe, I don't know. So I guess some people just listen uh, to podcasts that are different than them for different points of view. True. I typically listen to podcasts that I just find interesting. Yeah. And which makes me an interesting person. <laughs> <laughs> but just because you find it interesting doesn't make it intrinsically interesting, I suppose. I guess not. But one thing that is interesting to talk about. Yeah. Is faith. And politics. Yes, it is. Tends to be a topic of conversation mm -hmm. all around this beautiful nation <laughs> at all times of year. Yes. But typically, especially, mm -hmm. things can get a bit uh, heated. Well, I would say the last two years for sure. <laughs> yeah. At all times, things get heated in the last two years. But, I mean, historically. Historically. Holidays, getting together with family. Yep. You got to hold that tongue. Yeah. Gotta learn restraint. So we've been wanting to do a- We're not very good at that. Yeah. <laughs> we've been wanting to do a podcast about faith and politics for a long time, or at least I have. I um, have too. I wanted to have this conversation that we're going to have, but I wasn't for sure how to, I guess like craft the conversation. How What, what, what are we gonna wrap the conversation around? Right, like how do you voice it? Yeah, like wh what are we gonna use as the structure for you know what we're talking about? And I have lots of thoughts. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I can basically, I could just start the podcast and be all like, uh, have some righteous indignation and you know right. get fiery about it. Um, but I don't want to do that. I mean, I'm not promising that I'm not going to get fired up. Right, I mean, it's a uh, sensitive subject that I think yes. we both have a lot of opinions about. I have some strong opinions, but yeah. so what we're going to do though, is we're going to shape this conversation around two different New York Times articles that we that have recently come out and that we have read. So. That I think are good conversations about faith and politics. Yes. Like they're, you know, maybe a little bit of both sides and also not angry <laughs> you know what i mean it's right. just like kind of presenting the information or the troubles and ideas so the first article is in the opinion section written by pastor timothy keller and it is how do christians fit into a two-party system question mark they don't mm -hmm. um the second one is a uh, I don't know what you'd call this piece, but it is called 
God is going to have to forgive me. Young evangelicals speak out. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of talk about that one? Well, they put out um, like a call for millennial evangelicals to write into them and like tell them their stories of politics and faith and what the last couple of years have been like for them in the church, in politics, etc. And they had, I think they said fifteen hundred over 1,500 people write in. From um, every state from except every state. for Vermont and Hawaii. Yeah, or no, or Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, Alaska and Vermont were the only two. Yeah, which is kind of <laughs> random. Um, <laughs> but, and this, they sifted through every single response and then they highlighted, I think, six people. Um, just, and it's just about their experiences in the church and in culture right now and how um, kind of millennial Christians are changing the narrative or, or at least um questioning the narratives right and it's a it's really interesting to read because well at least for me it's, i guess we're going to get into it at some point right yeah. so i kind of felt like when the 2016 election when i mean there have been things that i have been like critical of in within the church for my whole life but the 2016 election really brought a lot of things to light, you know? And so I kind of felt like I was the only one for a long time who kind of had this like wrestling with faith and culture and, you know, what it all means and what am I actually supposed to believe and all that stuff. Um, so it, it was nice to read as a millennial Christian to know that like, oh, literally all of us feel this way. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Not literally all of us. Well, you know what I mean. But More than just yourself. Yeah. I mean, there is a large chunk of people who are experiencing the same feelings and right. emotions about church and about politics that yeah. I am. And it felt good to not feel alone. <laughs> yeah. So with, uh, so the article that I read, well, I mean, I read both of them, but yeah. I, I, came across the Timothy Keller piece of how do Christians fit into the two-party system they don't I really appreciated and, that article and it really caught my eye because that is essentially what I wanted to this mm -hmm. that, that's what I wanted this conversation to be like right. I had a bunch of thoughts about this topic of Christians don't fit in a two-party mm -hmm. situation um and so to jump into that um and and kind of crafted around uh pastor keller's thoughts mm -hmm. um and then we can have a conversation about it um so he starts it off by saying that christians we can't pretend to transcend the gospel or transcend politics i guess right and just simply you know preach the gospel right. and he says those who avoid all political discussions and engagement are essentially casting a vote for the status for the social status quo yes american I... churches in the early 19th century did not speak out against slavery mm -hmm. because that was what would we now call getting political in mm -hmm. quotes we're actually supporting slavery by they were actually supporting slavery by doing so right um to not be political is to be political. Yes, I highlighted that line because it's just like how you think about um, 
in life how like you're so afraid of making the wrong decision that you don't make a decision at all and not right. making a decision is making a decision um and when you apply that to politics like to not be political is to be political it's to say like well i may not agree but i'm not going to do anything about it i'm just going to let what happens happens mm -hmm. and if you don't change anything then the status quo is going to continue right. um yeah and, your, your choice for inaction right. is actually a choice for what is happening yes yeah and that's like it's really um challenging i think especially well i don't know for me i was never super political growing up like it was never really of interest to me and honestly i knew when i got you know older upper high school age i knew i wasn't republican um, but I didn't know how to like disagree with my family or like what the church says, you know, because not that the, I don't want to say that the church says you should be Republican, but, but they do. But they do. And so like, I didn't know how to say like, I don't, I don't, I'm not Republican though. And I don't know what that means because Christian is synonymous with Republican. And so my older high school years, I I just stayed quiet. I didn't say anything, and I I didn't vote in the first election that I was able to vote in because of that. Because I didn't know how to go against what the church says. I mean, essentially, you could not reconcile what your the people around you, the humans around you, yeah, were doing, and the words of Jesus that you were reading. Oh, 100%. I mean, I still struggle with that like right now. Right. Um like that's that's the thing that really gets me is But like, at 18 you didn't know. But at 18 how I couldn't to, I couldn't articulate yeah. that and I couldn't I couldn't speak out against it either. Like I was too afraid. Um because it was like so opposite of what I grew up in. And so it was just, you know, so for a long time I wasn't political. Um but then I started seeing all these quotes like, you know, making not making a decision is a decision and things like that. And so I started paying more attention. Um, and I think just like applying that to every, literally every area of your life is really important. To not be political is political. And you should really look at how that is affecting your decisions and like what you're doing. And I didn't like what I was doing, so. In this kind of conversation, uh, so Tim mm -hmm. Keller also, he gets into, let me just read this and then we talk about it. Nevertheless, while believers can register under a party affiliation and be active in politics, they should not identify the Christian church or faith with a political party as the only Christian one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also says, uh, so skipping a few paragraphs, racism is a sin violating the second of the two great commandments of Jesus to love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. The biblical command, the biblical commands to lift up the poor and to defend the rights of the oppressed are moral imperatives for believers. For individual Christians to speak out against egregious violations of these moral requirements is not optional. Right. Um, another reason Christians these days cannot allow the church to be fully identified with any political party is 
is the problem of what the British ethicist, 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 there we go, uh, <laughs> James Mumford calls package deal ethics. Increasingly, political parties insist that you cannot work on the issues with them if you don't embrace all of the approved positions. The, and then skipping a paragraph, the historical Christian positions on social issues do not fit into contemporary political alignments. Yeah. Um, so in that, the things that I have long uh, fought with mm -hmm. and long believed in wanted to voice <laughs> <laughs> is essentially what, you know, Tim is getting at or, you know, says in different words. Yeah. Is if you follow Jesus, if you choose to be a Christ follower, which is what a Christian is, mm -hmm. um, you know, they, the, in the political realm, they like to throw around this word evangelical. Yeah. I don't even know what an evangelical is. Well, that's like one of the article, the other New York Times article. It there's a line in there that the top, they're ta like millennial Christians are saying, like, what even does evangelical mean anymore? Like, that's yeah. another conversation that we're having. Yeah, I, you know, whatever. Yeah, evangelical. Whatever. I guess is a label, but I am specifically talking about Christians, mm -hmm. people who are choosing to follow the ways words and believe that in jesus the right. son of god and if we are to listen to and take in the words of jesus and follow his commandments those words and those commandments do not fit within any two political parties right i mean i mean basically nothing fits into one or the other i mean right. if you wanted to even step outside of you know christians and and say anybody like right well i mean you like, could say obama when he the first term when he was elected didn't support gay marriage and then he learned and he met people and he changed his mind you know like that that's a common story that right. everybody knows that he was democrat yeah you know <laughs> but it, it's more so just to paint a picture of how, I don't know, um, just completely absurd, I find the fact that we have a duopoly of political parties and that you are either right or you're left, um, is just the fact that that is essentially like going up to somebody and saying, uh, what's your favorite food? Is it burgers or is it pizza? Mm -hmm. And you, and that, like- Those are your options. Those are, you, you know, is your favorite food a burger or is it pizza? And you're like, uh, I mean, I like pizza. Like if I had to choose between the two, it'd be pizza. But, but I, I, but I also, I mean, I wouldn't say that pizza is necessarily my favorite, and I also enjoy burgers on occasion. Mm -hmm. But I guess if I'm picking between those two, it'd be pizza. But I don't know if I would actually say that it's my favorite. No, no, right. you, right. you, what is your favorite food? Mm -hmm. Burgers or pizza? Yeah. It's like, what is your favorite color? Blue or red? And you're like, uh either. <laughs> I mean, I like green a lot, but I mean, I, I mean, I do like blue, but red's fun too on occasion. And you're like, so basically how the absurdity of in the simplicity of your favorite food, that is absurd. Right. And yet we do that. You put in, that into. Into 
your or, fundamental beliefs of how you right. think that a country should be ran and how social issues should be dealt with mm -hmm. is absurd to me. Yeah. Secondly, getting back to the Christian side of it is as a Christian, you don't really have, if you are choosing to follow Jesus, then you don't really have an option of I'm going to choose Republican or I'm going to choose Democrat because neither party represent who Jesus is. The only thing that represents who Jesus is, is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if you are putting your trust and your faith in Jesus, then you are not going to agree with things that both parties do because right. both parties are ran by fallible humans. Right. The thing is that you just have to determine which is closest to what you believe is correct right but like i don't think so i don't think you i don't think you should choose like well then how do you vote well you, because you just because you think you don't vote party line no i'm not saying party line i didn't say that what i said was you choose the candidate who most right, closely case, right case by case yeah you don't yeah. just check a left or check a right right is that you were following the words of Jesus. And right. just like Tim. I'm, what I'm trying to get at is that I think you and I both know a lot of people who um, don't or didn't, could not agree to vote for Trump because of everything that he stands for, but very much don't are, are pro-life. And so mm -hmm. they couldn't feel comfortable voting for a Democratic a candidate because of that reason so they they were kind of stuck in this in between and that's kind of what i'm saying like to like when you get to those people um how do you 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 have to again it's case by case right but it's that's what i was trying to get at is that yeah. you know just because they're democrat and support pro-choice doesn't mean they're not the correct candidate for overall right. <laughs> i guess what you need yeah i mean just like tim keller says the jesus himself he only gave two commandments mm -hmm. you know we have the 10 commandments but right. that was delivered by god you know right. to moses yes and so that you know those are our 10 commandments but jesus himself gave us two mm -hmm. and he said the greatest of these is love is to love your neighbor as yourself right to treat others mm -hmm as you want to be treated. And right. so if you are to take that just alone, mm -hmm. that, that Jesus stands up and says, there are two things that I want you to do. I want you to love me mm -hmm. and love others. And if you are to take that in consideration in every decision you make. Should it be that hard? It, it shouldn't be that hard. And you have to ask yourself, is my savior jesus mm -hmm. or is my savior donald trump america or is my savior the republican party or is yeah. my savior america what are you worshiping are right. you worshiping jesus or are you worshiping republicanism are you right. are you worshiping nationalism are you worshiping donald trump because if you are choosing mm -hmm. to set aside the moment that you choose to I'm not saying vote because I understand there's compromises in voting. Yeah. I'm saying in in truly embodying and truly believing mm -hmm. in something because the Republican mm -hmm. Party or the Democrat Party or 
Mm -hmm. any other person if you choose to say oh yes i believe that is the ultimate correct way i believe that immigration mm -hmm. is wrong and that we should keep people you know build the not, walls etc yeah. yeah if you like if you say the moment you start to say that you do not want to help refugees right because the republicans don't want to help refugees then that's the moment that you are putting your faith in the Republican Party right. over Jesus. Right, and that for me what is like a huge thing that I, like I struggle with a lot because, or like being in both realms, I guess, Christianity and culture and politics. Um, because when the, in 2016, when everything, I mean, it's just been, I don't even know, some sort of nightmare the whole time, all two years. But like in 2016, it was like a real, like <laughs> it was tangible. Everyone around me was just, it was insane. And like, I just watched as these people that I like know and respect said crazy things mm -hmm. and decided to support wild ideas all because it was under the Republican Party. And like, if you, I truly believe this, if you ask most Christians outside of politics, like most, I guess I would say most Republicans, like if you like ask them, do you believe in helping the poor? Do you believe in helping people who are being bombed out of their homes and have nowhere to go? I truly believe most of them would say yes. Because mm -hmm. um, intrinsically, but, most people are good. Yeah, most people are good, but you put, you put, um, faith or you put religion which is different than faith you right. put religion and politics together and it is just it's a different game and it it blows my mind that people don't realize what they're following and and i think i mean i you're always going to have bad people in every party and in every church too like christians aren't yeah perfect like with any people group there's going to be crazies right you know? i i watched uh joe rogan's new stand-up special on netflix uh the other day and he was saying that if you get any group of a hundred people yeah about around anything together there's always going to be one idiot who because it. yeah because this world he i love this he said this world has shaved off all the corners and there's no more natural selection so all the idiots get to live like everybody else <laughs> And if you get a group of people together, there's always going to be an idiot in yes. that group. And yes. that includes Republicans, Democrats, Christians, like everything. Everyone. Everything. Every group of people who, mm -hmm. who are gathering around a certain idea or belief is going to have some idiots who make yeah. everybody else look bad. Yeah. And in, in 2016, I had, I mean, I guess a crisis of faith. I don't know. Like, I... I just, after the morning after the election, I was angry, right? Like I was so angry at what the Republican party did, what the Christians I know did. Mm -hmm. And um, because 80% of evangelicals voted for Trump and that like broke my heart. I could not, yeah. I couldn't reconcile like, this is the faith that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And that is so opposite of what right. I believe. And because we don't have another way to measure Christ followers. 
Correct. Yeah. Like just because somebody, so just because somebody ticks a box that you know puts oh, them in right. the evangelical group it's doesn't re- make them a Christian or a right. It's religion know, versus yeah. faith. Right. But right. that's the only measure we have, and so eighty percent of the people who say I believe in right, you know, and I was higher power who ultimately I should be following more than a party, right? For Trump. And I was angry about that. I was so angry, and I was talking to my friend. Um, and I was angry because I'm included in that right. group. You know, I was angry because it doesn't really matter like what I did. I am included in a people group that overwhelmingly voted for this man, right? And and I was talking to my friend about it and I was saying these things and she was like, yeah, but people just, people as in like people who aren't faith-based, people who don't, you know, necessarily believe in God or are a Christian or whatever, um, they're just going to have to understand that, you know, that's not everybody. Like, it's not, I, I got so mad. I, I wasn't mad at her, but I yelled at her. <laughs> and I was like, it is not their job to understand. It is our job to teach them. It is our job to show them, like, the love of who Christ. Jesus is. And we did not do that. We overwhelmingly fail time and time and time and time again. And I was angry that I'm in that group, you know? And so... The last two years, I think, have been just kind of a journey or a struggle or whatever of me learning how to like not uh, leave the church. Not not that I would like leave church, but like distance myself from church, you know, right. and and like the people group that I'm a part of, mm-hmm. <laughs> and learning how to like embrace kind of what's wrong with it in hopes to um, change it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I, it's why I don't like speak out about my faith very much is because I don't want people to misunderstand. I don't want them right. to know. I don't want them to think that I'm this like crazy, bigoted, weird white girl who like, you know, because <laughs> I'm not that. And so it's like really hard for me to speak out like confidently, I guess. And so like the last two years have been kind of me just trying to figure out like, okay, how do I speak out about my faith, but still like, and I, and I don't want to disrespect anybody either, you know, like I, I you know, have family who <laughs> I don't want to disrespect. And at the same time, I, I feel like we're called to call out those people who are doing injustices in the name of Jesus. And and I don't really know what that looks like still, you know. I it's just but I I'm very thankful that New York Times is having these conversations. And um I think like one of the quotes that was in the Timothy Keller um article. He was talking about this guy who went to Scotland who was expecting their churches to be like orthodox and religious and or uh, uh, rigid right, and traditional, traditional. Yeah. and he was like pleased that it was exactly what he thought it would be um but then he was surprised to learn that all these friends he made in this like traditional church were what he considered socialist and like had such opposite political views of his conservative american mm-hmm. views right and he said um I really liked this. He said, he realized that thoughtful Christians all trying to obey God's call could reasonably appear at different places on the political spectrum with loyalties to different political strategies. And I think like that's the whole point, right? It's like you have different experiences than I have, than she has, than they have. Mm -hmm. And like 
it is not absurd to think that we would find different results or different ways to get to the results. Right. And I don't understand, like you were saying about the duology, I don't understand how that got lost, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And like when I was 18 and I decided not to vote because <laughs> I didn't support the Republican candidate, but I knew I couldn't vote Democratic because of my family and where I was from. Like I was told, I, I said like, I'm not voting because of this, you know? Cause I don't know who to vote for. Cause I, yeah. And I was told outright, well, you vote Republican because that's what you are. And even with my very limited knowledge of mm-hmm. anything at age 18, I was like, that's so wrong on so many levels. I'm not even going to like, answer that i'm not going to entertain that Mm -hmm. idea you know right um oh do you know um what political party jesus was in (laughs) yeah that's right it wasn't in either one of them right jesus is not a republican right jesus is not a democrat yeah and the thing for me is like i still like I, i still don't know where i stand on all this like it's so confusing and very difficult to navigate but like i feel like I'm just like always for people, like just whatever is best for the majority of people. I feel like that's where I land most of the time. And so, and no offense that typically is on the democratic side, (laughs) like socially, socially. Yeah. And, and so that's usually where I land. And I don't, I mean, right. I mean, the thing is, is that like I was saying earlier is that you you have to look at everything through and okay i'm talking to christ followers mm-hmm. um you know if you don't believe in you know jesus or you don't believe in god right you know then really yeah it doesn't matter like yeah you can align yourself with a democrat or republican or you know whatever whoever yeah uh it doesn't really matter who you align yourself with because it's just your values you just align with whoever you feel like you are yeah but as somebody who has chosen to as christians say die to self to Mm -hmm. you know to put jesus above who we are as ourselves then you have to look at everything through the lens of jesus and the lens of jesus that we have is his word Mm -hmm. and if we look through that lens at everything almost nothing that the republican party is doing currently correct would align with what jesus would say or Mm -hmm. do about anything right you know it's it's you know let's say take abortion Mm -hmm. um you know does you know my through my view of jesus and who he is in love does he want babies to be murdered no right like absolutely not but if you're saying that you're so pro-life that you don't want babies to be murdered right but you're so pro-life in that well you the thing that i see so often is that everybody is pro-innocent life Mm -hmm. that whenever we get to the point where a human has made a mistake and we want to put them into an incarceration system that they cannot get out of because of petty crime, Mm -hmm. then we We don't really care about their life. Yeah. 
we support Republican Party and a lot of Christians that I know or a lot of people who claim to be Christians that I know support the death penalty. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Crazy. Jesus is a person, a God of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. a God of grace. And you're telling me that you support the death penalty, putting somebody to death for a mistake they made. And I'm not saying that somebody who's a mass murderer doesn't deserve to die. As a human, absolutely, I think that person deserves to die. They are a scumbag. They don't deserve any <laughs> grace whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, I am not, that. that is what I think, not what Jesus thinks. Right. Jesus can redeem all things. He redeemed us as a human civilization. He redeemed, I mean, right. he is the redeemer. Mm-hmm. To, so to say that he couldn't redeem somebody who is right. the worst scum of the world I mean, is puts God in this little tiny box. Right. So you, if you are pro-life, then you have to be pro-life. Life. Yeah. Like it's, there's no, well, I'm only pro-innocent life, but if a person is, well, uh, of, Mus- is a, a, of a Muslim country, right. then I don't mm-hmm. value their life. They right. can stay in their country and be bombed. I'm not going to help them come over here to my country Right. where they're going to invade my land and they're going to take over my blah, blah, blah. They're going to take my jobs. They're going to murder me because I'm so ingrained into this fear-mongering of the political party that I put my faith in. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree with you. I was just going to say that um, I don't understand the pro-life. I kind of, okay, I don't know if this makes me a bad Christian. I, I think, it might, I'm not sure. Um, but you know, most people that I know, the controversy, the trouble that they have in political parties is abortion, is pro-life. That's like, that's the thing that they can't figure out. And um, I think, like I obviously, I don't want people to get an abortion. Like I, I, I hope, that people feel like there are other options or, you know, whatever. Um, But I also understand that, like, I'm not them. And I also understand that I don't want anybody making my personal life decisions for me. I'm not going to make somebody else's for them. And so I kind of, at this point in my life, see no problem voting that way because of that. Because because if I know what's going to happen no matter what. It's been happening forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever and ever and ever, people have been getting abortions. And so I look at it from the stance of like, well, I would prefer for them to have a safe place to go, for them to have resources, for them to have a safe procedure um, versus doing it in a back alley somewhere because they're afraid of, you know what I mean? Like right. I, Or I, they don't even have options because they don't have, or they don't have, they don't have access to um, helpful and affordable healthcare right. because of all of I the laws put in place yes. by a certain party yes. that keeps any possibility of abortion right. miles and miles and miles and miles away from them where they can't access it. Yeah. Like I versus would prefer, if there was easy access, they could potentially have other options. Yes, exactly. I would prefer to um, equip them versus throwing them on the street, you know? And so at this point in my life, I don't see a problem with that in my faith yeah. and my politics. Um, I understand that a lot of people don't feel that way. And I understand it's like a really big decision, but I feel like, like I said, I go for people. And so 
whatever is going to be best for the majority. I And pro-life means pro-all life. That's what it means. It doesn't mean pick and choose. It doesn't mean you get to be God about whose life is considered a life. Right. And I feel like the refugee problem or the refugee um, crisis, crisis <laughs> any Christian alive should be in favor right. of supporting at all cost, at any cost, the refugee crisis. And it blows my mind that that's an argument. It blows my mind. Like I can't wrap that my they head. they can know that who they, Jesus is. Yes. Uh, who, uh, let me uh, blow your mind real quick. If you don't know, <laughs> Jesus himself was a freaking refugee. Yes. And it, it just, it, it blows my mind that they can claim Jesus and turn away from the very people Jesus came for. And it's also, you were talking about pro-life. You have to talk about women's rights. It matters. It matters that women feel safe and that that they can speak out without, you know, people <laughs> doing all the kinds of things that people right. are doing and the whole, you know, trial, the Brett Kavanaugh situation. Like that should not have happened. Like women should feel safe to come forward. That is a life issue. It is not, I, it, I just, I don't understand um how you can say like well my um my faith ha is different than yeah I, like I, I i don't even have words to put to it mm -hmm. um because it just blows my mind so much but in the the new york times article where they interviewed the millennial evangelical people whatever this one girl i thought like she said it really good or really well <laughs> english she said I'm worried that we've done immense harm to the marginalized in the name of God. You realize it is not good news at all if you're just baptizing certain inequalities or biases. And I think like that's it. It's not good news if it's not good all. news for all. Yeah. And like that means it's, it's great news for white men and some white women. If <laughs> as long as they decide to fall in line behind the white right. men. And I like I just I I, I don't get it. I really don't. And I Jesus also, wasn't white, by the way. Yeah, Jesus wasn't white. <laughs> he wasn't American either. Like I America didn't even exist. America is not why God exists. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like God does not exist for America. Another thing Joe Rogan said is that um America um was founded in seventeen seventy six. People lived to be a hundred years old. America is only three people ago. Yeah, it's not that old. Only three people ago was America founded. <laughs> and another yeah. thing that was in that article that yes. uh, that another um, Republican evangelical said was, she said, in the Kavanaugh hearing, mm -hmm. I thought that this girl is lying. Then I talked to my sisters who helped me see that I was looking at it through the lens of a Republican, mm -hmm. not the lens of a Christian. Yes. She deserved just as much grace as Kavanaugh did. Yes. Because like that's exactly what I'm saying is that if you look through situations through the lens of a Christian, through the lens of Jesus, you are not going to come to the same conclusions right. as and as an entire political party. Yeah. It's just not going to happen if you are truly looking through the lens of Christianity mm -hmm. through Jesus. It's I you're also, not gonna agree. Yeah. I but I, I also don't feel like it's my job to figure it out. 
And I think that's that's another way that I feel like my faith or whatever differs from, <clears throat> I guess, typical or the Christians today, the current <laughs> climate of Christianity is like, I don't feel like I need to know the answers. I don't feel like I have to have it figured out. Like, um, well, I mean, we could take uh, homosexuality, gay marriage, that whole fight. Like, I, everyone deserves equal rights. Blanket statement. That's just the truth. Everyone is equal and deserves. Right. That's it. And, and like, I don't understand how you could look at that situation and like look at what you're fighting for, you know, traditional marriage and see how you're making any sort of good come out of that. Like, I don't, I don't know how you can look and say like, oh, I'm just pushing people away. This isn't good. Right. You know, like how can you, I, how can you be so stubborn? Yeah, if I put out all of the stuff that is perceived as hate, yeah eventually they're gonna come around to my side right yeah it's like oh god hates fags so i shouldn't be that so okay yeah no they're not gonna they're not gonna be like oh yeah you're right okay i'll i'll, I'll right. side with yeah, this you this is my other thing with everything political too is that why they don't believe what you believe I know. I mean, for the majority of, of things that we're trying to like put into law and into impose right. on every other person in this nation, why are you putting your personal convictions and what you believe right. on all people? And you don't you're yeah. not gonna set like the absurdity and the hip hypocrisy mm -hmm. of what that would be if if this was a Muslim majority uh yeah. country and the you know uh, there was a bunch of muslim people in leadership and they were imposing laws mm -hmm. that infringed on what your personal convictions are and what be well you don't believe in what they believe why are they making you why are they mm -hmm. putting those laws on you mm -hmm. why are you doing that to them i know it's like yes do i i have lots of personal beliefs and convictions in my christian faith but if two people are not following mm -hmm. Jesus. They don't even. They are not believing in what right. I believe. They don't Which have the convictions I that I have. Yeah. Why am I imposing what I believe on them? I don't. I don't feel like it's my place or right or job to. Right. And I. I think. Um, like somebody said to me one time during the election season, um, they said, "But you know, at some point you have to stand up for your beliefs." Talking about like. Right voting democratic or republican or whatnot um at some point you have to stand up for your beliefs and i i don't feel like i'm not standing up for my beliefs for my political party right. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't feel like i'm not standing up for what's true and right and just and what i feel like jesus would be doing um and and i think it i, I think that's the problem is that we have just become so polarized and and it's so i don't even know when it happened that republican equals christian but that's the problem because right. republican does not equal christian and christian doesn't equal and republican. christian doesn't equal republican and and i just don't it's it's just a really crazy time to live right <laughs> um another quote in that millennial new york times article from the same girl she said 
I don't feel so much like I am leaving conservative evangelicalism. I worship like one. I talk like one. It's not like I can pull myself out of this relationship. I've, this is the line. I feel incredibly guilty for attending a church I can't invite people to. But I love the community that raised me. A lot of evangelical parents are judged by the successful transmission of values to their children. I haven't wanted to shame them. Um, I think that's, that is the whole dilemma, right? Like, yeah. I mean, first of all, just like feeling guilty that you attend a church you can't invite people to is just like a really sad reality of Christianity right now. And, um, I mean, I'm lucky enough to not feel that way about the churches I have attended and do currently attend, but like, like that's what we're living in, right. you know, and, and that is just wild to me and, and not wanting to shame your parents, um, for your political beliefs, like is, yeah. I think something everybody is dealing with. I mean, I, most christian millennial people are dealing with i mean i don't know the answers it's why i haven't again like i said it's why i haven't really spoken up very much about it because i can't i don't really know how to like articulate it without i don't know throwing somebody under the bus i don't know what the right words are but like Mm -hmm. it's hard to say what you feel (laughs) say what you need to say (laughs) yeah like i'm not i'm not um ashamed about it and then i don't feel like i have to be quiet but it's just hard to know like how much to say or what to say or right things like that yeah because i think there's a couple things there one i feel very confident in what i believe because i do truly think about looking at things through the lens of Jesus. And I'm not saying I have everything right because, you know, that the likelihood likelihood of me, you know, not being wrong or the likelihood of me being wrong and the likelihood of me not failing are both super low. Right. It's like, um, but generally the things that I, you know, am looking at in this social political atmosphere, Mm -hmm. it seems as though I'm choosing to follow love. Ultimately, what Jesus calls us to do is to love others. Right. And so I feel confident in that. But I do feel apprehensive at the same time of putting uh, a lot of that out there, I guess, or or being super vocal about it. One, about about what I believe. Your faith. Right. Okay. Not, not about my faith necessarily, oh, but what politics. I believe politically. Gotcha. Because we live in, in such a divisive and mm-hmm. outrage culture mm-hmm. that a lot of times it's just like, I, yes, I do care about this. Like I do care about people and I do, you know, like I'm talking about right now that, you know, uh, young black men's lives. Mm-hmm our lives Mm -hmm. and matter as much as the innocent infant that you're fighting so hard for. Right. And so, you know, there's that, but I putting in writing out there on the internet, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to deal with people. People are idiots, Mm -hmm. especially the internet. For -hmm. some reason, like I think Twitter attracted more than their fair share of idiots. And so just, so much hate is spewed out there that it's just like i don't none of that necessarily affects me like what i think about myself and who i am but if i can avoid 
the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the idiocy. Yeah. Why not? But then I also think like with what we started this with, if I am not vocal, am I choosing, right. even though I believe something in my head and I believe something in, in my private life, if right. I'm not putting and, it out and publicly. And even in your actions. Right. And yeah. I believe it in my actions, but if I'm not like saying something about it, am I not truly changing anything? But then I think about, well, Jesus kept his mouth shut a lot of times too. Like he did speak out. Yeah. He, absolutely. Like he called, you know, out uh, things right. that are not right. And the times he, ironically, <laughs> the times when he was the harshest and mm-hmm. the times when he spoke out the most was against religious, religious people, people mm-hmm. which Again, that, that that group of people are the people that I get the most angry about. Yeah. Like, I do not get angry at you know, people who are living worldly oh, or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Like, those people don't make me angry. It is right. the people the people who claim the same Jesus that I claim and... Live nothing like it. And live nothing like it and spew so much hate. Yeah. It's like, is your savior the NRA... In the right. Republican Party, and you're putting so much faith into that that you're not looking at the way Jesus would look at anything and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of well, people are being murdered." Yeah, but and, but and we can't change some things because you don't want to sacrifice. Right. Like, I'm not. Yes, it is going to be a sacrifice right. to you know impose certain regulations or to even ban certain firearms. Right. But you're saying that your faith is in the Constitution or in a perverted interpretation yeah. of what the Constitution says, or even if you believe that it is exactly what the Constitution says. You're you, again, you're putting your faith into the Constitution instead of into the Bible. Right. If you are going to stand up for blanket gun rights, right? Like you can't. You, you cannot can't. follow the words of Jesus and. In, in blanketly follow everything that the Republican Party is putting down. Yeah. You just can't. You can't. You have to look at every single situation. You know, it's like Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Standing up for- Also, why that is even a controversy, I have no idea. Like be- that- Because so many we people's could talk about, faith is in nationalism. Right. And in football. Right. That, like, that whole conversation- literally I just want to punch somebody in the face because somebody's kneeling for what they believe in standing up for what they believe in like that bothers you like I, right. it's a clear injustice and they're they're you know it's all respectful they're, they're I whatever right it but makes me angry that so you're you are so up in arms about a young black man mm-hmm. showing his solidarity mm-hmm. or bringing attention to the injustice that america has put on black people in general mm-hmm. but specifically young black men mm-hmm. and you're going to say no my faith is so strong in this star spangled banner that i am willing to say you know what racism i don't really agree with it but what i really don't agree with is anybody calling it out in front of me (laughs) because that's exactly what it is yeah because the people who watch nfl football are going to be majority white Mm -hmm. and i would guess i don't have any data to back this up but it's middle america that is going to be huge 
portion of that, which is going to be a lot of people who take that evangelical box and they don't want anybody in to, you know, they're, they're just trying to have a, uh, you know, watch this entertainment. Mm -hmm. And somebody has the audacity to point out the fact that the things that I do are putting young black men in jail yeah. for petty crime or for no crime mm -hmm. or they are being murdered in their car because mm -hmm. i don't know cops Police. are scared of black people <laughs> yeah like <laughs> i don't even know it's um it's absolutely wild like uh, it, it's wild to me that any christian yeah could possibly stand up with the republican party against the 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 uh, like black lives matter like the whole thing even even though j just like we were talking about earlier there are idiots in the black lives matter movement mm -hmm. that ruined it for everybody mm -hmm. but still regardless of the idiots that you know gave it a bad name just the mere name black lives matter and you're like no nah, all lives matter really all lives matter but you don't you believe you in the death so? penalty you think all lives matter because you sure don't act like it anyways i'm just basically going on a tangent but i, I really yeah. i'm just i'm trying to stand up for what i believe in and i'm trying to hopefully i mean i'm not trying to change people's minds like i'm right. more so trying to open people's eyes to look at if you are a born-again christian mm -hmm. and you believe in jesus christ mm -hmm. and that jesus christ is your savior are you truly right. making jesus christ your savior because yeah, and, and I'm just pointing it out through examples in our world because it's easy to ignore these things. Yeah, and to align ourselves with a large group of humans and say, well, like, and just the way America is run, everything is very manipulative, and so marketing, advertising, like everything is is there to manipulate our brains into something, and so like just i mean politics is no different you know so just like being aware of that and like not not just accepting things for what they are you know i think that's the whole point like don't just accept it for what it is ask it questions you know and like like for an example whenever I was having that conversation with my friend about the 2016 election the day after and all this stuff. I, I looked at her and I said, Christians are saying all these things that I fundamentally cannot get behind. I don't believe in it. And at the same time, there are outspoken atheists, literally, that I agree with 100%. And what does that say about me? That's what I asked her. And like I was wrestling with that like how can i like what does that mean when your faith like fails you i guess you know like mm -hmm. like how do you deal with that how your religion you, failed you I'd yeah say. yeah like how does your how do when your religion fails you like how do you deal with that how do you reconcile that and i don't know really the answer to that but i i just think like not accepting something for what it is is really important and like really asking yourself like asking yourself the really difficult questions is so important to not living a life that is like idle or or um mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying uh what's the word <laughs> i guess idle like that's just not 
you're just like along for the ride but living like an actual like life that you decided um i think is really important and another quote from that new york times article that goes with it um she said it is not that you have conservative evangelicals suddenly becoming liberal. It is more a realizing that you could be practicing something that isn't even Christian at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where like most of us have been for the last two years is like, I actually don't even know what what I've been doing or like what I've been participating in. Not necessarily that you have like the same beliefs, but just that you you're a part of the people group, right? So like there's a certain part of it that you have been blind to and like now it's all out there in the open. <laughs> and like maybe it wasn't even Christian at all, you know? And like I I don't know. I think it's just a really important question to ask and it's kind of heartbreaking that it has to even be a question. Yeah. Um but like that's where I've been for like, like two years is just like kind of this like uh, push pull dance thing with the church and like the people in the church. Because mm-hmm. um, I think like the church is a beautiful thing, a good thing. And when it's healthy, you know, it's um, there for people and it does good deeds for people and it gives people a a safe space um it's it like does what the church was meant to do but it's also full of people so there's there is like a you know you you just have to like gut check yourself i think yeah and whenever i mean you're looking at anything you know like jesus said the greatest of these is love right always I, I mean, this personally, it's like if you look at a situation and you have the choice to truly show love to somebody, mm-hmm. but by showing love to them, it is, you know, not, uh, I don't know, I guess it's going to be different than, than what your religion says, or it's going to be they're doing something that that you truly believe is true like uh, like wrong and Mm -hmm. a sin or you know that that the jesus or the bible specifically calls out Mm -hmm. in those moments jesus calls us to love those people Mm -hmm. and showing love is showing you know acceptance and it's not accepting the sin it's accepting the person Mm -hmm. and this is, gonna, this is a side note, but if somebody is not a Christian, then it is not your duty duty mm-hmm. to put your convictions on them. Right. Like if somebody doesn't believe in Christ and has not accepted them as their savior, right. then you are, you are the, called to love them, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. You are not called to tell them what is wrong in their life, to tell them what your you know, personal beliefs are, or what your Bible says, you're, it's not what you're called to do. Right. You are called to love them. Mm-hmm. Where I think people get like confused. And, you know, what I, how I personally see the gospel is the times to actually call people out and to speak truth into people's life is after they have, you know, they do confess mm-hmm. and they do, I guess, profess 
you know that jesus is savior and they they you know are calling themselves a christian they're mm-hmm. they are you know born again as as we say uh in those times as they are growing to be more christ-like and you have a personal relationship with them right i think a relationship is key right that's whenever you get into you know talking and discussing and bringing right. up these things that you need to call out ultimately what is truth mm-hmm. and that these things in their life are not ultimately the best for them right. and not what jesus has called them to do anyways i'm just but saying, even on that even in that it's a one-on-one like it's a very um situational i think i think yeah it is situational because i, I do because i yeah. can't just walk up to any christian on the street and be like uh what are you doing you right. know like that's not how it works either yeah i mean i agree and disagree um just based on for the most part for almost everything uh, yes i do agree yeah but also we have these pictures of jesus who you know right. walking into the temple and seeing these quote-unquote christians right turning the temple into basically a marketplace i mean and i would say he like, turns over the table and he corrects them and speaks truth right. and says you are disgracing i mean these like, articles are that too you know there there is a proper way to address a, a big majority of people or you know whatever yeah um but that's what i'm that's what i'm saying is like it's all it's not none of that can be a blanket statement i guess right. it's all very situational yeah yeah and so in that in love and just like you were saying that there are some times that you find yourself agreeing with somebody who's an outspoken atheist mm-hmm. more than you agree with somebody who is an outspoken who's supposedly the same faith christian <laughs> because love is universal like right. a just because somebody doesn't believe in jesus doesn't mean they can't show great love and right. there are or be an upstanding moral human being right. <laughs> And so, and the vice versa. Yeah, <laughs> it's also true the opposite way that Christians can be terrible. Oh, you I know, mean, just I think because that's you, what this whole right, thing is about. Just because you claim Jesus doesn't mean you're a good person. Hot take, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. <sighs> if you disagree, go read your Bible. Um, I mean, I think that Christians, yeah, can be the worst. Yeah, like the I most totally hateful agree. and the worst humans can be people who are claiming. Yeah. Well, it's definitely the, the people Bible. who do the most damage. Yeah. You know? You know how many people have murdered, been murdered under like the name of God? Too many. Like that's insane. Yeah. But that's that's kind of what I, you know, I said, go read your Bible. What, what it really should be is go read the words of Jesus and yeah. truly like study the Bible mm-hmm. because there are so many things that you can use in the Bible if taken out of context mm-hmm. that can be used for Which terrible Christians terrible are good things at doing. christians used the bible to justify slavery mm-hmm. christians use the bible now to justify uh like trump being president like the, those you know also the- i just want to this is you know you went off on a little tangent type of situation i'm going to do the same Go real quick i'm just going to say that anybody who um talks about how trump is like a christian whatever right. like trump's not a christian I literally just have to laugh in your face yes. like I, I i just don't know how anybody can like say that with any kind of conviction conviction yeah. to just so quickly dismiss all of the statements that he's made and all of the things that he's done and all of the people that he like is just 
It's one of those things that it's like so awful that you can only laugh at it, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. how I feel about anybody who is not just but supporting Trump's a Republican. Not just supporting Trump, but like uh justifying what he does because he's Christian, quote right. unquote. Or that, you know, God can God he puts God uses he, everybody. God puts he puts people in power. Ugh. It's like no, I'm pretty sure that God allows us to make our own mistakes. Yeah. Well, and that's and, another thing that like, you know, you know they like, say God can use anybody and God can put awful people in power to for the greater whatever. And like this is a whole different conversation, but like that I cannot like I I I do believe. I think that God is big enough to use anybody. Yeah, but I But I'm to saying, say that he I'm, put Trump in power. Right is absurd to me right i cannot get behind that no not even 0.0001 like it just and anybody who says that i just no. just there are there are stories in even in the bible thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago of humans who they knew jesus like who oh i guess god they knew of god mm -hmm. they knew god and they had uh, prophets and they had these people who were images and mm -hmm. bearers of God's image and they were delivered they were set free from their bondage and yet those people clamored for a king mm -hmm. and God was like well okay well if you <laughs> Do want what one, you want here's a king <laughs> right you know and he didn't put somebody that was good for the people in power right it's like the just people chose it we are our worst enemies yes we are destroying ourselves Anyways, yeah. I just wanted to mention that to all those people out there who feel like you can justify Trump with the Bible. Don't. <laughs> yeah. It's not possible and it's not the Bible. Right. Okay. That's yes. it. Yes. One thing also that I, I thought about earlier is, you know, whenever I was talking about, you know, we were talking about refugees and mm -hmm. like showing love and like all this stuff. One, I guess, counterpoint that I have heard is, you know, people, they talk about, well, yes, but, you know, we also have to choose safety. And, you know, <laughs> it's like if we if we let um, immigrants mm -hmm. in, then we are we are not going to be safe. And like, yeah. you know, because believing the rhetoric and, you know, all that type of stuff. And it's right. You know, if, if, we, if they come in, then terrorists are going to come in and blah, blah, blah. Like just like using the basically saying. I love, I, I'm not saying that I hate them. I just don't want to allow anybody and everybody in this country because I am choosing to basically my own safety and the safety of my family. Right. So what I wanted to say to that is if we are truly following Jesus, the things that we are going to do are going to be completely countercultural to most all things they're going to be countercultural mm -hmm. in in what people believe but they are also not going to be things god doesn't call us into safety he doesn't call us into comfort and doesn't call us into he, he calls he calls us to love yeah and if that love essentially murders us if it literally did murder you fulfilled the gospel like you died a martyr because you chose love over safety. Yeah. So again, Jesus has called us mm -hmm. into a life 
of choosing love mm-hmm. over all, not safety over all, right. not anything. Like if you are choosing to set aside love, you know, for your own safety, then you're not actually following the words of Jesus. And I'm 100% not saying that that is easy to do. Right. That is nothing that Jesus has called us to do is easy. Mm-hmm. And we fail at it. I fail at it every single day. Yeah. Because it is so countercultural and so counter human nature to mm-hmm. do, to lay yourself down and to truly be selfless and to be Christ like and to choose love. Like it's so hard to do that. Yeah. Every day. Um, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of this Erwin McManus quote. And he says, Instead of concluding it is best to be wherever God wants us to be, we've decided that wherever it is best for us to be is where God wants us. Actually, God's will for us is less about our comfort than it is about our contribution. God would never choose for us safety at the cost of significance. Hmm. I think that's it. Like that is American Christianity is like, I mean, even, even in the way we do church, it's all about comfort. It's all about, you know, what's convenient for us. And like, that's not what God wants for us. And it's not what he's calling us, calling us to. And it certainly isn't what we were meant for. We were meant for significance. We were meant for risk. We were meant to go into the hard places and to accept, you know, the, the things or the people that are seemingly against like what's culturally good, you know? And like, like that's what it is to be a Christian. It is not comfort and safety right it's just not and kind of into that is in the tim keller piece he sort of ends it on if we are only offensive or we are only attractive to the world and not both we can be sure we are failing to live as we ought Mm. and it's kind of that same thing it's like there are you can't be truly attractive like 100% attractive and 100% unoffensive and follow Jesus because everything is so countercultural right. if you're truly following it's because there's like if you're attractive it's because there's something different and that something different will sometimes be offensive right or that it's you're making it seem easy yeah or something like that you know, yeah that I mean whatever we don't have to get into attraction model but yeah it's yeah, and uh, so, oh, also, I had another quote from the the millennial article mm-hmm. um, that kind of gets into how I want to wrap this up. Okay, and um, this uh, Melissa says. I have family members who don't think systematic racial injustice exists. They lose their minds over Colin Kaepernick. Whenever you worship America. It's very difficult to admit that America has ever done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's been my uh, point this whole time. Yeah. Is that what are you truly putting your faith in? What are you truly worshiping? Mm-hmm. If you are a Christ follower, whenever anything comes up, that is social political i mean anything in your life but let's just um, we're since we're talking faith and politics if we're talking about building a wall right would jesus build a wall 
Right. I mean, we were going back to 90s, baby. Let's put just those, buy those WWJD bracelets exactly. and actually put them to use. <laughs> that that uh, woven cloth with a little plastic clip. I actually really do think clip. we should probably start wearing those again because people need a reminder. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't, if you don't remember, you didn't know back in the nineties or, yeah. or I guess in the two thousands era, yeah. there was this huge movement among Christians to wear these bracelets that were fun colors that would say, that said WWJD, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. And I mean, but ultimately that is the truth yeah. is like, what would Jesus do if yeah. he was here? Would he build a wall? Would he, uh, and I think incarcerate black men right. for like petty, petty crime or yeah. for no crime would he um you know slam Colin Kaepernick for standing up for that yeah. injustice and i think the important thing in these questions is that you have to be honest and put yourself into Jesus's story and not make Jesus fit into yours oh that's good uh, i mean truly though because i wish you could drop that mic right now but it's not <laughs> ours <laughs> Because I think that's what that's what a lot of people are doing. Mm-hmm. They're making Jesus fit into their their comfortable guidelines, and that's not who Jesus is. Not and not who you're supposed to be supposedly serving. You know, Girl, that will preach. <laughs> anyway, man, I am never so attracted to you. Whenever oh you gosh. drop some bombs like that, it's like that beautiful brain of yours. And it's full of love, you know? It's a mess. That's what it is. <laughs> it is a mess sometimes, but sometimes you say something like that. And I'm like, this podcasting is in quick. <laughs> All right. That's enough. Speaking of, um, this podcast is over. <laughs> um, I hope we did this conversation a little bit of justice, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just in all things love, you know? Yeah. And I mean, our... Are we worshiping America? Are we worshiping Trump? Are we worshiping the Republican Party or worshiping the Democratic Party? What are you truly worshiping? Yeah. And if you call yourself a Christian Mm -hmm. and you are choosing to align yourself with something other than the words of Jesus, then you need to quit calling yourself a Christ follower because you're not. Right. You're somebody who believes in the existence of God, but you're not truly a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. And if you want to be a devout republican that's your prerogative but don't put yourself in don't, my don't put yourself in the boat that is a christ well, follower don't put jesus in that yeah boat don't either. put jesus in that boat because he's really, not in it he's not in it he's not in any boats he's walking on the water <laughs> oh wow <laughs> nailed it that was a good one <laughs> nailed it all right well i hope i really do hope we did this conversation some justice because it's a sensitive one and it's also one that I care deeply about. So if you do want to continue this conversation, you're more than welcome to do that um, below the YouTube video at youtube.com slash deeply curious. In a um, nice way. Yes. In all things love. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we are on Twitter at deeplycurious.fm or we are personally at Cody underscore Jensen or Sarah underscore Jensen. Instagram, Cody Jensen. Sarah underscore Jensen there too. Yeah. Um, follow us on the socials. We're also YouTubers. I'm yeah. assuming you know that if you're listening to this. But <laughs> yeah. if you are more of a podcast person and you didn't know, we are YouTubers. Yep. And you can check us out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Cody Jensen. And just a quick reminder as we close this out, this podcast is brought to you by 
Deeply Curious merch. Mm -hmm. Get yourself a mug, get yourself a t-shirt in different styles and colors at deeplycurious.fm, but put a slash before that with, no, put a, we're just gonna start over. <laughs> get it at shop.deeplycurious.fm. I really thought I could save it. Yeah, you I, couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't though. So just since I flubbed the first one. Yeah shop.deeplycurious.fm that's where you can get yourself a nice shirt that represents who you are a yes. deeply curious person yeah all right well thank you guys for listening thank you um i hope that we enlightened i hope that this conversation was valuable like sarah said yeah and i hope we did it justice Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to continue, if you like this topic and these types of conversations, also in the comments and on the Twitters and all that type of stuff, please let us know. We, we really do enjoy receiving feedback on what you guys are enjoying listening to. Yep. So thank you guys for listening. Have a, uh, I think we have another week before Thanksgiving. But if you don't listen to us before Thanksgiving, have a happy Thanksgiving. And we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.